Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 8-12, through 12, and also verses 23-25. through 25. This happens, this story in 1 Chronicles happens during an interesting time in the life of King David. Uh, David has come to power. David is solidifying his kingdom. David has defeated the city of Jerusalem. He's going to make Jerusalem his capital. Now, this reading actually happens in the same setting as our psalm that we looked at on Monday, Psalm 96. Uh, Psalm 96 happens when David brings the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. Now, the Ark of the Covenant was important to the Israelite people. If you remember, uh, the Ark of the Covenant was uh, built in the time of Moses. It was put in the tabernacle. It was a holy object. Um, Inside the Ark of the Covenant, you had the rod of Aaron. You had the tablets of the law, and you had some of the manna uh, that the people ate in the wilderness. And we know that the Ark of the Covenant pointed toward the coming of Jesus. Jesus would be the incarnate word. He would be uh, God's word in flesh. Jesus would also be the priestly figure that, that Aaron had been. He will be our great high priest. And Jesus also uh, will be the bread that comes from heaven, just as the manna that fed God's people. So it pointed toward the greater reality of Christ. But this Ark of the Covenant was put in the very center of Israel's holy place. And in this episode, the Ark had been captured by the Philistines. Uh, the, the Israelites had not had it in their tabernacle for a while, uh, Basically, the tabernacle system had been uh, destroyed because of the Philistines taking the Ark of the Covenant. So this is a big transition in the Bible that happens here in 1 Chronicles 16. The parallel to this passage is 2 Samuel chapter 9. So the Ark is taken into captivity. It's in uh, Philistia. The Philistines want to get rid of it because of the curses that come because of the Ark of the Covenant. They send the Ark back to the Israelites. The Israelites... um, are so afraid of the ark at this point that it stays at the house of a name, a man named Obed-Edom. Obed-Edom is a Gentile, but his house is blessed because the ark is there. And so David goes and retrieves the ark and brings it to Jerusalem to put it on Mount Zion. This is important stuff to think about, Mount Zion in Scripture and in prophecy. And also the ark is coming back to God's people. And this is going to mark a transition in the worship of God's people. Everything's going to change here. A lot of scholars that look at the liturgy and worship patterns of Israel, they realize that things are going to change when David comes to power. It's going to transition from the sin offering of Israel uh, to the thank offering. So it's going to be a time of great thanksgiving and and, and joy because of, of God's deliverance of his people, because of what God has done in the past. So David's reign is going to be one where there's going to be uh, a change in uh, the the worship patterns of Israel. He's going to uh, develop this system of singers that will sing and, and give praises before the ark continually. So people look at the reign of David and see that God's people are starting to fulfill what their purpose was. If you go back and look at God's purpose for Israel, and you just look at the geography of Israel. God put Israel in a certain place on the map. Um, Israel connects Egypt and, and Asia. And so it's this highway that a lot of people would travel, the king's highway, and they would go through the land of Israel. And God had always 
wanted his people to be a light to the nations. And in the reign of David, possibly they were starting to fulfill that purpose to be a light among the nations. You'll see Gentiles being mentioned more and more in the the reign of David. Uh, People like Uriah the Hittite will be one of David's mighty men. He's uh, a Gentile and he's one that will be blessed by the reign of David. Of course, I've already mentioned Obed-Edom is a a Gentile. So God's good news is going to, to go out to Gentile people too. Now, it's going to reach its fullest fulfillment in Jesus Christ, in the gospel. The gospel will go into all nations. Now, this is important this week for us at Westgate because on Sunday, we're going to talk about the Great Commission. We're going to talk about how the resurrection changes everything. That because of the resurrection, Jesus is the true king that has all authority. And he will send us out with this good news. And we're to tell people of the great things God has done. But with this background, realize that what's happening here, what we're going to read today is a psalm that's being sung. Um, First Chronicles 16, the sections we're reading this morning, is the psalms that they're singing as they're bringing the ark into Jerusalem, these songs of praise. And these songs that they're singing are riffing off of Uh, Psalm 96, which we talked about Monday, but also Psalm 105. So there's bits and pieces of older psalms in this section of 1 Chronicles 16. So let's read this and see the content of the worship on this day as the ark comes to Israel. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Rejoice, Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his strength continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. Now let's skip down to verse 23. Saying, touch not my anointed ones, do my peoples no harm. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And he is to be feared above all gods. So you notice the content of this praise. Now, as you look at this, there is this exhortation that the psalmist, he is giving praise, but he's also telling us to give praise too. Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his his name. And the content of this is to talk about the great things God has done and tell that to the nations. We're living in a time where you know, Christians in a lot of ways are, are under attack in, in different ways. In some places, actually under attack physically, uh, being persecuted. But here in the United States, in the Western world, we've been derided as being uh, people that are, you know, bigots or hateful in so many ways because we stand against uh, some of the bastions of the secular age. We as Christians would would hold on to God's plan for things like marriage and uh, other moral issues, we would push back against the sexual revolution. And so many people would say, or would talk of Christians in a negative light. But we are called as Christians to tell people of the great things God has done. We can get wrapped into this negativity. We can get into this warfare mode where we're part of this uh, culture, culture war that's going on and we can be a bit negative. But that's not what you see in Scripture. Even with the Apostle Paul who's going through the persecution he's going through, he exhorts people uh, to focus on what's good and, and what's, what's wonderful and, and to be thankful in all things. And, and I think it's something that we can learn from this passage today that we as Christians need to go amongst, amongst the world in our jobs, 
in our lives and our day-to-day interactions and be people that brag on the great things that God has done for us, the wonderful things that God has done for us. And I think part of the problem is we're not totally convinced of the wonderful things God has done for us. We need to focus on that, our salvation in Jesus Christ, how God has blessed us so richly and the, and the great things he has done for his people. So as we look back and in the Bible when it talks about remembering things, it's not just to remember for nostalgic reasons. It's to remember so that you will be changed in your current behavior patterns and thought patterns and actions. You think back to the great things God has done and it drives you forward. It propels you forward to be a person that's on fire for the gospel, that wants to tell everyone about the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and we as a church are going to talk more about that in the coming year to become people that, that are about one thing, making disciples of Jesus Christ that will make disciples of Jesus Christ and repeat the pattern over and over again because we are convinced of the great things God has done for us and we want those things for others too. We want people to be saved. So with that in mind, I want to go back and read our reading one more time as we close out our podcast today. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength, seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and judgments he uttered. Now let's skip down to verse 23. Sing to the Lord all the earth, tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For, the, for great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and he is to be feared above all gods. So let us go into this day, and let's be thankful. Tell of his salvation that we have this day, and realize that great is the Lord, and greatly is he to be praised by us. Well, I hope to see you back tomorrow. I hope you have a wonderful day today.